0: This is the GPL Podcast from GopherPuckLive.com. This podcast is sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at FirstClassMortgage.com. Now let's start the show with your hosts, Jupiter and Vigo. Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 209. Well, good evening, Vigs. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing fantastic after seeing the Gophers get six points. How about
0: that, mm-hmm. huh? Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Really but needed it. This weekend's going to be just as big. And what happens when we play Ohio State, Viggs? We talk about dogs besides that uh we talk hockey we do and with who uh cappy we got cappy yes. on today cap there he is
2: jeez dogs and hockey.
0: trying to lead vigs
2: here jeez yeah. i think he's got to leave those dogs you, in his you guys practice you guys practice that one i think yeah
0: <laughs> i have zero script when i do this show i used to have a script
2: that's why it went so well
0: Script would oh, oh, oh. sound
2: so scripted, you know, oh, natural wow. acting there, you know. No, no I well, just have. Fun. I, tried. I tried. How are you doing, Cappy? I'm good, man. I'm good.
0: You're going to be busy the next two weekends, aren't you?
2: I mean, if, you know, if it's okay with Gopher fans, yeah, I'm going to be busy with, with you guys. I'm going to know them backwards and forwards. Somebody and, was ripping i was too, right? Hey,
0: my, somebody was ripping you a couple weeks ago. Was it idlebice? Is somebody is it inch? Somebody's saying, Who is this guy on
2: color? He's an idiot.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, thick skin.
2: You, you gotta, hey, if, hey, at least they're saying something. I think something's <laughs> better than nothing. I Make just a compliment. Yeah,
0: and that's just it. You know, most hockey guys, they're they're just they don't care.
2: I, just I don't know. Fun. I mean, I, I want to do a good job and I I hope people enjoy, but I mean, you know, I'm going to do do as best as I can and have fun with it because it's not, we're not, this is hockey and a game. And yeah, you want to call it right and be serious, but it's also fun. It's a sport, you know, like that, that's just my take on it. So I tried to have a little fun incorporated in there with it. So just like uh, we like to have fun with you on the show. I mean, geez, what are we doing? Life's supposed to have some fun in it. So, and you know, hockey's a game. Yeah. So let's let's enjoy. We got a top 10 matchup here. And then, you know, let's have some fun. Hopefully, you know, it's good games. I think they will be. I wish I wish the teams were full strength. I mean, obviously Minnesota, but you know, let's see what happens.
0: Well, we'll get into that later. But uh, right. as v- as Vigo said, when we started the show, six points for Minnesota Vigs, sweep of Michigan State, and w- Walker. Walker, show me, show me you read
1: GPL without telling me you read GPL, right? <laughs> I mean, Walker's performance this
0: weekend, really answering the bell. Well, for about a minute and a half, two minutes.
2: Well, I, I know, but he was played when league. when needed the most because yeah. it you know it was exactly. trending at being one of those one-one ties and then going to overtime. And but
0: we've been waiting for that, Cappy. We've been waiting for him to do this. And Viggs he come tied tie game at one Saturday night. He comes into the zone, he gets a penalty, he he, he gets a penalty out of the refs. <laughs> Scores before you know the pelly's called, scores on the power play. He's off the schneid, he's got a point in the power play. Viggs, I mean, that stat that you found <laughs> a couple weeks ago, which was amazing to me. He has his first point in the power play and right at the right time, Viggs, really at the right time. I think the biggest two keys for Walker's game
1: was he didn't try to play hero, I think he stuck to the system. And he made smart decisions with the puck for the majority of the weekend. He wasn't skating the puck into defenders, turning the puck over. He wasn't shooting the puck wide, you know, starting the other team's breakout. I thought he was committed to being a, a team player. And the thing I liked about the first goal on the delayed penalty, as soon as he got the puck, he shot it quick. He got the shot off really quick. You know, DeRitter didn't have time to really set it. You know, he he went down he's like, ah, hope it hit me didn't and then the next one the power play he did uh have to dust it off you know took his time a little bit but he picked his spot and he hit the net which is which is a a promising thing to see I thought the power play on Saturday actually looked like the power play that Bob Matsko has been talking about put lots of pucks at the net shoot quickly get the puck to the paint and and try to
0: win second chances and that's the first time they've looked like that really all year and, and Cappy, you know, Vee's kind of touched on it. There, um, we've talked about this, this this season. Is like, you can't go out there and try to be the hero.
2: If, uh, if, no. if, if, if you mean, just, if you just if you just play your game, whenever try, yeah. Whenever you're trying too hard, you, it'll, it'll come to you. Not gonna go work out for you. Uh, as hard as it can be, it's how you gotta let the game come to you. I mean, you gotta take what's given to you at times and. Obviously, if it's – you're down a goal or something late in the game, obviously your your mentality changes in terms of, you know, how you go about it, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, he doesn't – I'm sure he'd love to have 35 points right now. You know, he has 20. But, you know, the, honestly, uh, the next six games and then the, maybe the next six after that are when Gopher fans are going to remember Sammy Walker. And if he does – elevate here in the next six weeks, it won't matter.
0: You know, Viggs is uh, one of our favorite players in baseball. Kirby Puckett once said, you know, I'm I'm putting the team on my back. <laughs> and, boy, I couldn't uh, Minnesota use this out of Walker out of this, you know, for the month of February coming up. Yeah, I mean, when Walker's playing well, this team is difficult
1: mm-hmm. to beat. You know, we, we look at some of the plus-minus stats about when they win and when they lose and that Walker McLaughlin combo is now like plus 39 in their wins, and they're minus 21 in their losses, and that's just an amazing stat to me, how important they are to this team going up or going down, and I think the takeaway is against a Michigan State team that usually plays pretty stingy, Walker stuck to the game plan, and it's not so much about trying to be hero, it's that There're gonna be times in the game when you're gonna have chances to make an impact. Those will come to you, so you just can't give away chances the other way, trying to create opportunities that aren't there. So just recognizing that is so important to a college hockey player.
0: It didn't start that way this week and that weekend, though, Viggs. It was two nothing after Minnesota dominated.
2: So they played well <laughs> the whole time. From what I, you know, I didn't see every minute. But I saw quite a bit, and it sounded like the Gophers played pretty well period one to period six of the weekend for the most part. Obviously, the goal hockey sometimes, you know, the pucks don't bounce, you know, or <laughs> whatever. But it was, I, you know, obviously the competition. Michigan State's a tough-grinding team. There's a quick note about them. Like, their record without, like, Mitch Lewandowski this year is, like, 1-14 in 14 or something like that, and they're, like, 8-1 and one with him. Like he's a good player, he's not Connor McDavid, but the stat is crazy. He's been out for a long time, and they've gone on a massive losing streak. But
0: and he's obviously the kind of guy who he just raises
2: everyone else's game too. Sure, and he's he's actually has raised his point production this year. But I just Minnesota seemed like they were it was one of their most more consistent six periods. You know, not oh we you know we came back played the second and third well or played the Second game better or good Friday, bad Saturday. It seemed like a pretty consistent weekend.
0: And Vegs, you know, they did give up that 2 nothing lead in the first game. It didn't bother them. They just they just plugged away, plugged away, and they got what they needed. Maybe teams of these past two years, oh, we played so well and we're still down two nothing. What well, was me?
1: It definitely was the disease that was infecting this program for a while, or we're down to nothing and I've got to go create something to get us back into it. You know, those two things can really just sap a team and really kill your season. When, when things like that happen, I'm impressed that they stuck to it and they didn't start chasing. And um, you know, I think closer didn't have a great, great start, you know, that backhand play on the, on the rush, You know, that's, that's something that a goalie is really going to have a hard time with next one. Maybe not his finest moment, maybe a bigger goalie that hits him, but I don't think it's a bad play either. And I think it speaks a lot to his mental makeup that he bounced back and made saves when he needed to the rest of the weekend. And I think that's a key for Minnesota going forward because you don't know how goalies are going to react. You know, when they give up a goal, whether or not it's a good one or not, how do they bounce back? And I think closer showing that he's got that mental makeup that you want, and a goalie he's going to
0: play a lot of minutes for you. Well, it was a good weekend all around, so that's the positive thing. This is the kind of weekend that would give up points in the past feed. So, like you said, six points, that's a huge deal. Um, I have a tweet from Darren Bach, and he always likes to tweet us with questions. Could Michigan's season be in jeopardy with all of their allegations? Um, we obviously had the unfortunate incident of, uh, well, not unfortunate. You know we're no, I don't, you know, I don't. Well, <laughs> you, you can rip them as much as you want. Cap. No,
2: it's not. No, honestly, I, are you asking me that or? Well, no, me? I was going to start with Viggs because. Okay, go Viggs, go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> trouble has been a brewing. I mean, it started with the, the Michigan Tech, Western Michigan GLI problem. And now it's sounding like, uh. Uh, the head honcho's in trouble. Okay. So let's let's clarify a couple things real quick. Educate people
1: on the GLI situation. Apparently, dating back to summer, Mel Pearson anticipating players playing in the world junior, was almost campaigning in the athletic department that they shouldn't participate in the GLI at all. That they should pull out of it. I think the athletic department said, no, we want to go ahead. And then as the days got closer, they said, okay, we'll pull out of a game, but you still have to play Michigan tech, or maybe they gave Mel the opportunity to pick which game who knows what happens. Cause I don't think we're going to get the truth out of this. What happened? They played Michigan tech, zero, zero tie. They have a full lineup, 12 forwards 62 goalies. You know, it is what it is. They don't play Western Michigan. In response, Mel says it was up to the medical team. That's why we had to do it. It's their decision. Turns out not the case. He lied about the emails. There's always an email. (laughs) Just remember, you know, dance like nobody's watching and write an email like it's going to be subpoenaed. (laughs) (laughs) Second thing that's been going on, dating back to October, the program's been under investigation for some Title IX issues about uh, discriminating women, I think, in the program and uncomfortable work environment, uh, possibly telling players to lie about COVID symptoms and downplay possible testing that would have to happen. We look back at the NCAA tournament last year where Michigan got told by the NCAA they couldn't play. Sounded like Mel Pearson was not very happy about that in the media publicly as that decision was being made saying, it's out of my hands. I don't agree with it, but we have to do it. Sounds like he was trying to cover that up. So all this stuff is being investigated And on top of it, you've got a Michigan University that's under turmoil. Their president was having uh, an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate and got removed by the Board of Regents. Their provost had over 20 sexual harassment cases brought up against him. He was fired. Their AD is struggling right now with their football coach who was maybe going to go to the NFL and now is back and now is losing some of his staff. So there's a lot of chaos there. I don't think the actual team is in trouble. Mel Pearson might be in trouble.
0: Their, but if Mel Pearson's in trouble, that affects the team.
1: It's going to affect the team. With their Olympians away in Beijing, if Mel Pearson is gone, do those players come back or do they sign pro contracts? So there's a lot of chaos that could happen mm-hmm. to Michigan right now cuz you you got to believe that some of these programs you know, NHL programs are going to say, you know, that player looked pretty good in our lineup at the end of the year maybe drawing some fans.
2: I'll just I'll just stick to the hockey part, I think. <laughs> I think, I, think they will all, I think they would all come back. There was a reason why they came back. It was mostly because they wanted the Michigan experience, not the melt. I I personally any interaction I've had with Mel Pearson, he's been great. So that's just whatever one-on-one conversations, whatever. He's always been a good guy to talk to always gives a ton of information, actually. Like you feed him one question and he'll talk for 10 minutes. Um, About the players. I think they'd come back. I think Bill McCult would be taking over. And I think he's, I think he's already their parent Mm -hmm. for whatever that may be. And maybe that could be in the next, whatever, but those guys are the ones that recruited those guys. When you think about it, like that. So I, for me, I think hockey, the players would come back and they want to win. The, the reason they came back is because of the hockey, like doing this, having the fan experience, playing in two weeks, they're going to be playing. Well, they're going to miss it because, but they would be playing in the playoffs at home and the place will be rocking. Um, but it's not good. And you didn't even mention the worst one of all is and this happened at Ohio State and it's happened all these places with these doctors and what they did for like 30 plus years. The same thing was happening at Ohio State that happened at Michigan, where this doctor for 30 plus years was sexually molesting uh student athletes, and it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've heard of a couple other schools, Look, there's just only two, and the fact that they're like, you know, always brought together, yeah. it's just insane and sad.
0: It's a scary situation, Vegs. And, and on top of that, you have what happened in Chicago last week with their, with the owner. Just I was there. I, want, I, I don't want
2: there. to. I was five feet from the reporter.
0: Were you really?
2: Well, yeah, because I was doing the the game that night, and I was there at this town hall. It was an hour before going up to the booth. So, oh yeah, I was there. Wow.
0: <laughs> I mean.
2: It was pretty uncomfortable.
0: It's really, it's really ticking me off that somebody would do that because this is not 1975 or 85. I'm not the first one to come up with this take,
1: but I don't know if any of you guys watch Succession, but it's about this kind of ultra-rich family that runs a media conglomerate, and the patriarch of the family is you know like 70 and kind of a little crazy, maybe on his meds, off his meds, and just out of touch with the world and just wants to win and make money, even though he doesn't need it. Sometimes you feel like that's who's running the Blackhawks. And he's just so out of touch that he doesn't even realize what's going on and how big a deal this is. And
0: it's just people in that position of power should know better. Yeah. How, I mean, you're a few feet from, how was, how was it when everything, when the cameras were shut off, were you with the reports, people just talking to each other? Like, did that just really happen?
2: At, well, at, I mean, literally right after. Actually, it's on my TV right now. They, they, he was on the pregame show. His son, Danny, who was supposed to answer that question. It wasn't even supposed to be Rocky. This was Danny's show, the new CEO, his son. Yeah. Um, And he was on the pregame show and did a 20-minute interview and got to say what he was going to say about what they are doing and the new culture and all this stuff. So that part. Um, but no, him and... Um, uh, uh, Faulkner, the two people pretty much in charge now, uh, came over and talked to all the reporters and met with that, just talked to him and said, hey, apologize, all this stuff, and I, you know, blah, 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 and what he got to say tonight was what was hoped to have gone, and 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 sad thing was, is they were prepped for this, and everyone was, and.
0: But nobody know. prepped the, the old oh, no, he,
2: person. Yes, he did, and he got mad oh. in the prep. I guess, but I you know, whatever. Uh it's just it's you know it's just, a cluster. That, that thing is is he was a hero twelve years ago when yeah. when his his father, Bill Wertz, was the most ancient thinking old school man. He didn't put home games on TV because he thought people would not come to the games. So when he passed, Rocky took over and he became a hero because he changed everything in the hockey. And you saw what happened, obviously. The Blackhawks became yeah what they became, you know, in front of everybody. obviously those behind the scene things were horrible, but he, but he was looked at as a hero. And in one night he got, went from that to the worst, the, the worst villain than his dad, I think, in <laughs> of power, you know, so it's, it's sad. It's too bad.
0: I mean, it, it's just going to keep happening Viggs until some of the, these people just open up and say, we have a problem. We're putting a plan together, you know, whatever the way it was handled was just not good. And it will be interesting to see what happens in this Michigan situation. Is Mel in trouble? Maybe the team will be fine this year, but maybe he doesn't survive You know, after the season. It's hard to know.
1: I mean, there's a little bit of a power vacuum at Michigan right now as they've got so many things Mm -hmm. going on. You know, it's hard for them, I think, to pay attention to a hockey program. That's probably not their focus. Uh, But I I do think they'll be fine in the long run. You know, Bill McCall is a great coach, great recruiter, a lot of energy, players like him. You know, I think players like Bell, too. I mean, Bell's always been a great person in the hockey community to talk to about things. He's one of those coaches that if you ask a good question, he gives you more than you ask for. Like Cappy was saying, you know, I like coaches like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Jim Montgomery comes to mind. George Guazdecki comes to mind, you know, coaches of like-minded ability to handle the media and give back. So it's it's frustrating to see this go down. But these are just examples of people in power not understanding that there's going to be a follow-up. People are going to catch you if you're trying to lie or be dishonest or you don't handle something right. I just kind of wonder sometimes if these people in power think they're just unchecked. And they'll just get to, to rule and dominate how things are going to go, because when you get in these public situations where you've made bad choices and and you've put bad people in charge, you're going to be held accountable. So the quicker those people realize that,
0: the the, the better for all of us. Amen, Vigs. That's I mean that's all we can say. It's just a it's a it's a wait and see. At least with the Michigan thing. So yeah, um, you know first. Before we move on to what's gonna happen the rest of this month, we need to hear from our sponsor.
3: Hey fellow GPLers, Jerry Peters here from First Class Mortgage. Have you refinanced your home in the last 12 months? If you haven't, chances are you should. Record low interest rates and skyrocketing home values make this the perfect time to remove monthly PMI while improving your interest rate at the same time. You can also use the equity in your home to finance those home improvement projects. Or you can consolidate high interest rate credit cards into one new low monthly payment. To hear more, call or text me today at 612-940-3291. You can email me at jerry at firstclasscorp.com. Or you could go to firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. Mention the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is 322-842, mine is 480 This is not an agreement to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
0: All right. Thank you, Jerry, as always, for sponsoring our podcast here. Well, week—you it was the first week without uh, the Olympic guys. Um, went pretty well for minnesota but now the speed limit goes way up and the competition goes way up and it's a completely different ball game this weekend
1: yeah i thought on friday night minnesota was in a little bit of a hole and the game was kind of getting into a lull and all of a sudden there were a couple mistakes by michigan state where minnesota had opportunities to score goals and they capitalized and once they got momentum michigan state made a few more mistakes and just kind of let minnesota have chances to get back in the game and they and they did it when you're playing ohio state bob Osco talked about this today it's like playing umd it is a tight hockey game there there are not going to be mistakes for you to have to capitalize on you're going to have to play a patient game and not make mistakes yourself trying to force things you know there's always that that joke that it's going to be a rock fight you know you get the puck You throw it over the red line, hopefully it does some damage. They're going to get the rock. They're going to throw it back at you. And so it's just that kind of battle back and forth about who's going to make a mistake first or who's going to create offense out of nothing. And so it's a huge test for them this weekend because we have not seen Minnesota play well in these situations consistently.
0: And and Cappy, Ohio State is playing so well this year taking advantage of their situation a, a rookie goalie coming in playing outstanding a lot of your a lot of young players playing outstanding they're in first place obviously two games at hand but they they can kind of control their own destiny here and we're just going to say it they're hitting minnesota and michigan at the right time
2: right yeah i they mean they have to take advantage sure i mean they they will have earned it if they do well the next two weekends they will have earned that i mean aside from the fact that you're playing a team that's short-handed both weekends um yeah i mean <laughs> I, I i obviously i'm a little biased but i didn't think they would be a seventh place team this year mm-hmm. i i just yeah i thought middle of the pack more based on the fact that you didn't know what you had in the league after michigan and minnesota Like the next five, I thought, I thought Notre Dame was three. But then after that, I thought those four could end up anywhere. And the one thing with Ohio state is I, 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 you know, I follow them a little more. I saw some of the recruits they had and I'm like, these two defensemen are legit. And they're like me, one's legit NHL prospect. The other one is could be in McWard. And then in goal you know, it's always, you know, a wild card. You have no idea what you're getting. And now you have arguably statistically the best goalie in the league and a top five goalie in the country, possibly it's statistically. So um, I guess, and one other thing that's gone under the radar for sure is that the transfers, uh, Jake Wise has got 28 points uh, and Will Rydell is a captain. He's been there for a month and he's a captain, you know, before the season. So, you had a and then Eric Cooley, a guy that's got had eighty points coming into this year, but he's on the fourth line at Ohio State. He's got three goals in the last four games, so they've just got depth now, which they had none last year. I mean, last year was, was awful. So it's interesting. It's and they keep getting better, young guys. So I don't know.
0: I see this question by uh, Tim Hapke. Are you gonna be on site to call the games? And it
2: doesn't sound like you are. Are you? Um, no, I might as well be sitting here and doing it. <laughs> I actually probably have it better on my, my screen. No, we will. For anyone that's like the next two weekends, um, it'll be me and Dan Kelly. We have all four games and we will be in Chicago unless something changes, but I don't think that's happening.
0: Were you going to call the, was there going to be any big 10? There was going to be big 10 games for Notre Dame and Wisconsin. This Thursday, Dan, was, Dan
2: was, Dan was, Dan was doing Thursday with Pat. Uh, Michael Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. And then that got I got You saw that the games have been rescheduled. They put there. So there's. They could air Sunday's game at eight <laughs> o'clock. They could. I, you know, th- there's nothing after five on BTN, but there's a reason for that. Could be, I, could,
1: could be a blowout in the Super Bowl. You never yeah, know. Yeah. I think it's eight o'clock. <laughs> you
0: know, that's the end of the game. You could probably turn if it
1: they, over after if game.
2: They, if they wanted me to go in the studio Saturday night, Sunday night at eight o'clock with Dan and do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, Super Bowl's fine, it's fun, but whatever You know, I mean, it's not my team playing, you know So, um but yeah, that's, you know, they're playing 8.30, I think, on Saturday And now an 8 p.m. on Sunday mm-hmm. Um, So I'm glad they're playing, and hey, you gotta do what you gotta do Um, I just haven't heard anything in terms of, TV was gonna be, Thursday was us And then Friday, I'm assuming, would have been Valley's so I don't know. And they had to rearrange all these other sports like the men's basketball game and the women's basketball, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they're playing them and then there's no discrepancies because Notre Dame officially is still in the mix. So and, I don't and, and, think they're going to make win the league, but they're, you know, they have a chance still.
0: It, it And and Vigs, it is they're still hoping. I, I don't know. If, did we ever have official confirmation that Wisconsin is going to be able to have players out, or are they just kind of assuming that their players will be eligible? I I never heard confirmation on that. I know Todd was kind of curious about Todd Maleski, I should say. Yeah, I I think they're hoping that the players clear their five-day protocol
1: and are going to be able to play. So right should be a good matchup.
2: I, it's, well, I think this is benefits Notre Dame a little bit, kind of backing it up a little. I mean, you're playing that Thursday night, that just sounds like a trap for Minnesota for Wisconsin to beat them. And now it may see to be a trap on that Sunday night eight <laughs> o'clock game. But you know, maybe you get that first one and then a little easier on Sunday. But
0: so uh, Cappy, you know, you were mentioning the next two weekends are, excuse me, big for Ohio State. Yeah they could finish first and be off for 2 weeks wouldn't they
2: yeah well, i'm going to ask weeks i'm going to ask Viggs about this could they um get say arizona state to come and play an, an exhibition game
1: have have they scheduled that exhibition that they could have they had scheduled one.
2: they had one i i just don't know i feel like the NCAA has kind of loosened on some of that stuff
1: because the NCAA allowed that extra scrimmage, and that's why Minnesota was able to play Saint Thomas.
2: Right. So I would have to think play a game, and the, but they also played the USA team.
1: Yeah, because you got to play an extra exhibition this year. Right. Because so they played
2: one. They played two. Then the okay. Gophers did. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you. you could know, Ohio State's two. only played one. Right. They played Western Michigan at home, like in October or whatever. So that's why I guess they could officially do that if they wanted, If that yeah. happens, yep, they could play another
1: exhibition against someone. I'm sure, you know, the development team would like it or
2: Long Island or Long Island will play one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Arizona probably would want to jump on it the most. Yep, you yeah, know, could. I'm sure Ohio State would want to play at home or somewhere in Columbus because who knows where the ice is available? Because that's what's crazy is if they do win because this happened what three years ago. When they won the league, they had they had the same situation. They had two weeks off. Yep, they did. They were the team that didn't have it, and then they had two weeks off. Played Penn State at home on a Sunday because they didn't have the rink Saturday, and then they were one and done. And then they went to NCAA tournament as a two seed or something, and they were out again. So they, you know, had a month where they just played two games and lost the last two. So, so, so if they were to, you know, finish off first,
0: their last game right. would be the weekend of, you know, the 18th, and 19th, 19th right.
2: Wouldn't play the the last weekend the of the year. 13th, that's Sunday, the 13th. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
2: They, they're, I'm, now, this is an official, but if, if it's not Ohio State at home and they're in the semifinal, both games would be Saturday, I believe. But if it's Ohio State is home on one of those semifinals, it would be Saturday at Minnesota or at Michigan or whomever, and then Sunday would be at Ohio State time. I don't know. That's just because I know they still have the same rankings okay. as they had three. Yeah, years so ago.
0: semifinal would be on the 13th. So that's uh, right. So you know, we're talking about last play the 19th, and the, 19, then their 19, next would be the 13th. Right. So wow, twenty. I we mean, that it happened to Minnesota not too long ago too. they finished the season with a bye, finished first.
2: Didn't they play? I thought they played. They didn't play that week because most teams found games. or You know, I think one of those years they did,
0: didn't they, Viggs?
2: But they played Arizona to, State? Of, I, I feel actually, like they played Arizona State that year. Michigan like had did. That you know, one
0: year they did, they did but I'm, I want to say early in the Big Ten, one of those first four years that they won the league, they had that new format or something like that. And they were I don't off. know. If
2: it's only been four years or five years or something, right? Because Notre Dame has been in the league for five years. Either way. Um, I think we'll have to, we'll have
1: to get in touch with uh, Todd Molesky for the official <laughs> verdict on this as we are not the experts clearly. Right. Either way though. <laughs> I, I know what's possible.
2: I think, I think it's something you'd look into. You'd want to do it the next weekend and then have a week off. If you were that team, you, I think you'd want to have the week you'd want to play the next week and then have a week off before, mm-hmm. because you, just in case of an injury or some sort, you know, and, you know obviously you don't hope for any of that, but I, I would I, I would prefer if I was a coach of that team, I would want to play a game. Cause because I do remember talking to Don Lucia
1: about this, and he said, you know, they brought out the jerseys and they tried to make it as big of a game thing as they could. Like a and scrimmage. It, yeah, yeah. A scrimmage, and it lasted for three shifts. And then they're just yeah. like, uh, okay, there's no fans here, there's no officials.
2: We better just kind of <laughs> scrap it and be right. done, not get hurt. Right. It's not though. I mean, the thing with that is, if it does happen, they've gone through it before. It's the same staff, so they might have a different perspective <laughs> than they did last time. So, mm-hmm. be interesting, yeah, get
0: awesome. an eighth team in the conference.
2: I what's that? Get an eighth team in the conference solves yeah, it well, all. <laughs> there, I think there, honestly, would be right now. We're talking. It could be, would be, would have been happening this year or next year if you know. What do you was call it? it? Illinois wasn't didn't happen, let's say, you know. That was it was supposed to be announced, I thought, in April of 2020. You know, and that was a month after you know everything happened. So <laughs> who knows? Well, I guess we'll never know. And hopefully it but I've heard it's still in the book in the works, it's just a matter of time again. So I'll done. be waiting. I'll be yeah. waiting. Yeah, I don't know what's so what I mean, I think we talked about this last time I were I was on what's gonna happen with Arizona State next year with a brand new arena and what's gonna you know what's gonna move around. Won't they have a partner in that arena Vees? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, possibly the coyotes
1: are gonna get in there, much to the chagrin of every other owner in the NHL having to How
0: share is revenue that just with the prime. happening. That's wild.
1: Well, I mean, one thing that was interesting that I read was that estimates of arizona's actual tickets sold suggest that this wouldn't be the worst thing ever for them because they may be giving away six yeah they may be giving away five or six thousand seats a night to boost their attendance numbers and actual nhl owners have access to real data on tickets sold they can kind of do like I do when I do the Freedom of Information mm-hmm. Act requests with you and I get, you know, tickets scanned and stuff like that. And season ticket holders, the yeah. owners share that information. So maybe it's not as outlandish as we all think. And they might oh. actually
2: be able to actually sell tickets to their building. I, I think the biggest thing will affect the out of town people. I know, you know, people there in March and April and February, March for spring training, they want to go see the. You know, Pittsburgh, let's uh, say the Blackhawks, Chicago teams are out there. Uh, you know, whoever else is out in Arizona for spring. You know, a lot of people, they you know, live there in the spring and you, they go see their road teams. That's when they get crowds, if any, out at their games. So that would affect them. Trying to, you know, the secondary market on StubHub, when there's only 5,000 seats available total, might actually, you know, and that doesn't help the owners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Viggs, what does Minnesota need to do this weekend to be successful in your eyes? In my eyes,
1: they have to play a patient game. There's going to be this desire, I think, out of these players to, to prove it and force action out there. They need to go against that feeling and just continue to grind it. One of the things that was really interesting that I was focusing on Saturday was watching Huglin and Pitlick play hockey. Rhett Pitlick can escape along the wall just as good as about any player on the Gopher roster. He reminds me of Sammy Walker as a freshman with his ability to hound pucks, back check, you know, create chances out of nothing and start transition plays. I mean, that's something to watch because if he continues to to develop on that trajectory, he's gonna be a heck of a hockey player. And Aaron Hugelin, he's a tough center. He's a future number one center for this team, so that's something to watch.
2: I was, I was just, just jumping real quick. Sorry, I, I, I was shocked at seeing Hugelin's numbers when I saw them because when I watched him, he stood out as a not as a you know star player. But I'm like, how does he only have six points? Like he looks way more dangerous out there. Just in from watching him all season when I watched the Gophers.
0: I feel the same way. I know you've liked it, V. You've liked the way he's played. Yeah, I think if like Pitlick and Huglin and
1: Bros got some power play time together, that could be something to build on because they make smart plays and they're good at retrieving pucks for second chances and they're creative. So I think that's going to be something for fans to watch for years to come here. Uh, I think the offense will come for Hugh I think he's just a, a disciplined player. He doesn't chase the game very often, and he wants to be that you know third high guy, so you don't see him selling out to try to create chances. And I think just some of the roles that he's playing
2: in right now.
0: Okay, Cappy, what does Ohio State need to do to be
2: successful this weekend? Uh, do what they've been doing? <laughs> um, uh, honestly you talked about how like they make you earn most, you know, you got, you got to be patient. You know, the, the one guy that is that, you know, that will cough the puck up, but he's way, you know, he's high risk, high reward, but he's way more reward is Mason Laurie. Um He will turn the puck over, but he's also dynamic and he'll, you know, he's kind of like Quinn Hughes. I, I actually think he's like Owen power because of his size. He's just obviously not as good as Owen power, not that far below him, but, um, he's the one guy that if you put pressure on him and he'll maybe turn the puck over more than, you know, everyone else, everyone else plays that smart game. Um, I think the big thing is the, the the uh, special teams both ways. Cause they're both pretty average at, you know, they're the at best for I me. Mean. What's funny is the fact that you guys brought that brought up uh, shooting the puck. And I've asked, uh, you know, Steve Rollick about this. And he's like, we just don't have any shooters. Nobody nobody wants to shoot first. Nobody has a shoot first mentality on their power play. And that's where, you know, they try to make that one more pass, right? And when teams do that in any league, in any level, <laughs> that's when they get in trouble. Um, you know, and they've got guys that can shoot. I mean, you know, merkulov has got the highest shooting percentage, I think, in the country. It's real close. And his goal, I don't know if you guys saw it on Saturday against Wisconsin where he was one on five and he just ripped one over... Rose glove, and you're like, okay, this guy needs to shoot the puck more. He's still got 18 goals, um, so shooting the puck on the power play, but special teams gonna be huge. And then I can't wait to see third periods when both these teams are monsters in the third period. You know, I don't know Minnesota's exact numbers, but Ohio State is scored 50 and given up 17 in the third periods this year, which is a, just an insane number. So, like, I hope both games are like one-one or two-tied going to the third. <laughs> And let's see these two teams like, uh, bash it out, uh, at the end.
0: Viggs, we've talked about it quite a bit this year about the Minnesota power play and the frustration that you've had. And I've had I I will text you in the middle of a game. It's just too slow. Puck move is too slow. Like you said, they might not have any guys who are shooters. And if they do get that chance to shoot, they're stopping the puck. They're taking too much time to get the shot off. Maybe because it's them themselves or the pass came to him was just not where it needs to be so it's just a combination of a lot of things here v
1: you know there's an old saying in hockey you can't give a good a good player a bad pass and so i think as guys set up on the flanks they have to be ready to adjust their bodies mm-hmm. to get the puck on net i mean you watch a guy like ovechkin You know, NHL, pretty skilled, but those passes are not in the perfect spot every time. He's finding a way to contort his body to get the blade on the puck and get it to the net. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to be quick. And I think we kind of saw that on Saturday that that finally was starting to click on on the players' minds as they were getting pucks to them. And pucks were getting to the net. They weren't getting blocked. They weren't dusting it off. You know, they, they were putting pucks in the paint. And I think that's what they have to do to be successful because one of the things that the Minnesota power play is really good at is when there's chaos and second chances, that's when that skill can really shine, especially for a guy like Blake McLaughlin. He seems to make plays in tight spaces out of chaos better than any gopher forward.
0: So as they get more comfortable with that and create more of those chances, I think they're going to get more goals. But that's the problem. They haven't been able to get the puck moved around fast enough and accurate enough to cause the chaos. Correct. It's easy
1: saves for the goalie. Yeah. You know, the goalie sees it coming. They're not good enough shooters to typically pick their spots. You know, the Walker goal, you know, DeRitter went down. He picked it. <laughs> he did pick it. He, You he, know, he picked it. He held on to it a little bit too long than you would have liked. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like on the first goal he scored on the delay penalty, as soon as the puck on a stick, it was gone. And he scored. You know, and, and DeRitter was still coming down, and he found a hole somewhere. That's the key. Get him off quick. And so we'll see if they can do that. I know Ohio State typically has a really good penalty kill, but it hasn't been
2: very sharp this year either, right? <laughs> no, it's been – I mean, not awful, but just not good.
1: It's like 73 74% somewhere yeah, in there. It, and uh, then
2: it's like 81 in the Big Ten. They're like fifth or sixth, you know, fifth, I think. Um, You know, Wisconsin scored on it last weekend a couple times, I think. Um, but – yeah, I, I, I want to see Minnesota, like I think it's the mentality too when they're on their different size rinks. It's so easy to pass it around the perimeter and, mm-hmm. you know, look for that cross ice one-timer, and then you think, oh, we're so far away from the net, right, to get to those second chances. When they're at Ohio State, it's going to be tighter, you know, at any NHL size arena. The key moral will be can they work it around quick and then get a shot and attack as opposed to, oh, it's easy to move it around on this. I think the more and more challenge will be to start the power play, to get puck control in the zone as much as once they do have it, then I think they'll be in better shape.
1: So, sometimes I think Gopher coaches have put players on their strong side instead of their offside, because when you're on your offside, you tend to drift farther and farther away to create a lane for sure. a one-timer. You just back
2: and, away, back and away,
1: back and away, back and away. And all of a sudden you're taking a one-timer from the hash marks on the wall. And you don't even big mean size to. Rink.
3: Honestly,
2: you don't mean to. It's just like a natural mm-hmm. motion. All of a sudden you're just backing up. And you don't even realize you're doing it. I'd yell the guys. I'm like, look where you are. Stop. And you're at the outside hash instead of on the face-off dot where you're in prime position. And you don't. You look around you're like, oh, shoot. I, I, Yeah, I didn't mean to. I just didn't even think. <laughs> and then also they're doing that thing where guys come high up and on their on, you try to like time it. So the puck goes from the weak side up to the top and then getting that guy that's on his strong side, kind of, you know, then he's attacking the net with the puck mm-hmm. and he can shoot it and you go across or he can go down. So uh, you're right on that. I think that helps, you know, stop that from happening because then you're looking at the plays in front of you the whole time.
1: Right. So it's definitely a focus this weekend because there are goals there for Minnesota to score uh, against Michigan state. It was tough to move the puck through the seam because they're a, they're a big team, a lot of long sticks, big bodies, tough to get those scene plays going. So I know Minnesota has been trying to figure out how to use the bumper. They've tried, you know, never's there. They've tried uh, McLaughlin there. They've tried Krukshank there. They've tried Brodzinski there. It hasn't been great for them. Uh, using a bumper, so we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend because I think the net front is going to be key with Ohio State's goaltending.
0: All right, Viggs, it's that time. Let's get your prediction. Huh. We're early. No. Nope. <laughs>
1: uh, I've got a bad feeling about this weekend. Oh. Oh. I I thought Minnesota got a little lucky on Friday to get that momentum and and get the win on Friday. They did look better on Saturday, but we just have kind of seen this kind of Jekyll and Hyde out of the team. And I don't think they're going to get mistakes. I don't, I think Ohio state's going to play a very clean game. They're going to get really good goaltending. I am a little worried about close in a game where you could see the most action he's seen and, and high talent action. Um, the goal that kind of came over the net where he went down and, and the guy picked a corner, that's not on him. That's not a goal on him, but if he was bigger, the odds of that puck hitting him are better. I think against a team like Ohio state, they might just be patient and put volume pucks at net and try to pick at holes in, in his technique. And he hasn't really seen that yet. He hasn't been under that kind of pressure. Uh, so I think Minnesota would be lucky to get three points. I think they're going to get two. Uh,
2: I'll give you one stat as I've, you know, been doing my study this weekend. Trust Close has not seen 30 shots in a game yet. 29 at, was it at Notre Dame? Mm -hmm. At Notre Dame. And those weren't high quality shots. Right. Those were the most he's seen in a game. Michigan was interesting because they didn't get a ton of shots, but when they did, they got quality stuff. Mm -hmm. That was the weird thing about that series at, you know, at Mariucci. But he has not seen 30 shots and I think at least at least one of the games he'll see 30 this weekend so is it my turn now you want yeah, oh yeah let's hear it let's hear it <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to get predictions can, since I can do whatever that? you want.
1: <laughs> some some announcers choose not to and they hide behind that announcer, yeah, right. you uh, know, uh, persona, uh, 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 right. but Cabby, wow. we know you. You've been on this before and you usually give a prediction. Sure,
2: I I'll, I I mean, I've been thinking honestly around the same thing as you. I think I think Minnesota gets I think one game goes overtime and then it's kind of, you know, that's I, I, we can gripe about this maybe in the overtime about the whole hour overtime and what's considered a win and a loss. Cause it's total BS <laughs> that you could consider a loss once you go to overtime and it's a, it, it should not be a win or a loss either way, but that's just, um, I think it's, I think the, I think it go to tie one night in regulation and then toss up for after. And I think the Buckeyes will win the other game. That's just, but i could see it completely flipped easily i just with those three guys out in ohio state's depth and how good dobish has been i just – they ha- that's the one thing is you're waiting for these freshmen to like have you know and maybe this is their first maybe they have their first rough weekend but these freshmen usually at some point you hit a you hit a wall or something when you've been relied on and they haven't those three guys alone and then i think mcward mcward and Thiesing are really good freshmen too but those big three, call them the big three, whatever you want to say, with Murkuloff, Lorai, and Dobish, it's just not – they've just not stopped. They've kept going. So I'm just banking on that nothing changes.
0: Minnesota's going to take five points this weekend. Ooh. Friday night, they're going to come out. They're going to beat them up. If the if if the Olympic boys are there, it'd be a 5-1 game. It's going to be more like a 3-1 game. There's just that – the team's going to have it. Saturday night they're gonna come together and win one in overtime. I'm going five points this weekend.
2: It'll be it'll be fun. I, mean, I think it's, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. I, I'm. This kind of plays like they did against forward, some of those games you know? against Michigan and 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 you know well, that's the problem, right? Friday yeah. night they look like they could have beat the Wild anybody, yes, but then they got smoked six to one the next night. So it's yes. Just, and that's with everyone, both teams, Michigan and Wisconsin, that, or Michigan, Minnesota, that series at Yost was just so weird, how there was like a 10-goal swing. It's well, I mean, that's weird.
1: kind of the Big Ten, right, guys? I mean, this yeah. league, there's a lot of high talent on every roster. Every roster's talented. And consistency is the hardest thing for 18- to 25-year-olds to figure out. Sure.
2: And we see it on a nightly basis in the Big Ten. This. This has been the one year though where this league is completely split in half. Now there's talent on True. every team, but clearly there is, oh, like is already yeah. it's not even close. Um and you know, and I, I think Ohio State's last loss in regulation was to Michigan on December 10th, 9th, whatever that was. So it's I you know, I keep waiting for things to to change and, and happen and we'll see. I I you know what. Ohio
0: State's gonna, you know, even if Ohio State takes the title, they're in trouble when Michigan and Minnesota get their players back. I out. want them
2: to play both. I, I wish I I'd love. To uh, say I just them. want to they
0: say want it to now: play. Michigan or Minnesota is gonna go into Ohio State and kill them in the Big Ten
2: playoffs. That could if they going into Ohio State. Ohio State might be on the road. I mean, who knows? <laughs> well, I, I don't think they. Minnesota could, uh, takes five points this weekend, buddy they yeah, you're, right. yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, i just yeah. I just you're right. No, I I know. Um, you know, I don't sure. think anybody's going to want to play
0: Michigan in in the NCAA tournament. You know, especially you get the lot of those players coming back from Olympic games where Canada is going to go far. U.S. is going to do pretty decent. Who I, you think? Who knows? Uh, I just it's it's, it's just going to make for an exciting time. It's just going to be an exciting time. Yeah.
1: One thing to know going into this weekend, if if Minnesota were to get the sweep. They would be in a very healthy position at eight in the pairwise. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think either team gets a sweep. They're in the tournament. If the Buckeyes
1: sweep, the Gophers the drop tournament. to thirteen.
2: Right. They drop Not that far. They
1: go to thirteen, and that Man, puts them in you know,
2: the rude road against a top ten pairwise team. Wow. I guess it depends on what happens other places, right? It
1: it, it does, but agnostic of all that other activity. Sure. This is a huge swing series for Minnesota.
2: Yeah. I, I just don't see either team winning both games in regulation. That's what I'll say. Um, I just Let's I, I go. I don't. Let's I, I, yeah. go. We're in Wednesday. And there should be a great crowd. They're, they've been getting good student sections. They had over 4,000 students at a couple of games against uh, Notre Dame, I think it was. They set a record. And nice. it's great because we never had that. And then it's obviously the dogs, you know, the dogs bring in the, the students. So, let's go. Let's go. Let's uh, yeah, go. I think they'll, I think that bottom bowl at Iowa State, they've done a good job of they closed off the top and they just fill up the bottom, and it's about eight or nine thousand. And it's a good atmosphere if you fill that up. So, Get a new arena, it would be great. <laughs> Don't, don't bring that up to me. I'm having a good- <laughs> Bring that up and, oh my God. You, you know, know,
1: Cappy, I was looking at some numbers uh, and oh. <laughs> in terms of Big Ten spending. Yeah. Six Big Ten teams are in the top ten for spending among all college hockey programs. Who's number seven? I'm
2: assuming it's us. <laughs> it's Ohio State. Yeah. But they're still 13th nationally in right. state. I mean, the Big Ten is the, bull- the, we're the bullies with the money. Yeah. But- yeah, I don't know, man. They've built all kinds of new facilities for almost every damn of sporting. Like <laughs> volleyball's got a beautiful new thing and you know, not that we're a revenue generator, but I don't know who gets more attendance than hockey does than aside from, you know, basketball and football. Football man. and you know wrestling does well, I guess, but they have so few events. They probably have like four or five home meets, I think, all year. So you know what? If I had an answer, I, I don't want to talk. Let's talk about. I'd rather talk about Minnesota sweeping than talking about. <laughs> there we go. So, but um, that's going to be it for this
0: podcast, Cappy. We're going to overtime in a bit here, so okay. we're serious. We're, we're going
2: to talk big? about the overtime rules and all that crap. Yeah, we'll Viggs,
0: what do you got? Article this week on GPL for the
1: big series.
3: Oh.
1: Bob Otsko, we have what we need, and we need to have what we have.
2: Well, he's, he has to read it. He has to read I know. It's confusing.
1: It's confusing. <laughs> it's confusing. But um, Garrett Boyne wrote on the board a couple of weeks ago, we have what we need. And Bob saw that, and he's like, you know, there's more to it than that. Was that the day like, after the boys left for uh, China? For, for China. He said, we need what we have as well. We need and, we have. and part of that means he needs players stepping up. Like Carl Fish, third star of the week. We got to meet him at availability this week for some great stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's a character, and he, he adds to, a lot to this team. We talked to him today. We talked, yeah. in,
2: Dan talked to him today. He's a nice guy. He's big a guy,
1: great guy. Big guy, yeah. It's, it's what this team needs. You look at the defensemen right now, you've got big yeah, guys. That's where the
2: depth is lacking. If But if Fish is stepping up, that's good. But that's where the depth is lacking. I think the forwards are so many guys up front.
1: Well, we've paired the skilled defenseman now with the big steady defenseman. So Brinkman, Stoddicker, and Fish are paired with Lacombe, Johnson and Kester. So you've got a guy who's got the clear
2: role to support another player. It's it's been looking good. That that and and you you know you're playing. You're not looking over your shoulder. Those mm-hmm. guys are gone for or you know whatever, but you know it's only um you know, favor right now on defense, but he, you could hear it in his voice. He felt fish felt like relaxed and he knew his role and he had kind of like, he's right in there and he's doing it. He knows when he's coming to the rink for practice and the game, what he's got to do. And that is a big thing for an athlete is when you know what you have to do now consistency over a long time. We'll see if that happens. But I think that's the biggest thing is when you get a role and you know what you're coming to the rink every day to do, it usually helps a lot.
0: Like I said, let's go. Let's have fun.
2: Some- <laughs> yeah. I got, I wish I was there. Are you kidding me?
0: Oh, it would be fun. It'd be fun. Oh. We'll be making fun of you on TV. So
2: that's fine. <laughs>
0: well, thanks for coming on again with us. Cappy.
2: Yeah, man. Always. You're always, you're we'll one of my favorite pre- guests. We'll pre- go so- preview down the road. Ooh. I think we did that last year. I can't remember.
0: We may have to do that. That was the longest overtime too, ever with Molesky. So, I'm usually, yeah, I'm usually in Florida doing
2: those long ones. But you
0: know.
1: yeah, so to be. an hour
2: later tonight, it's only ten thirty. Early.
0: Well, that is going to do it for the GPL podcast this week. Uh, of course, we thank Cappy for coming on with us again. Uh, next week, we'll be back. To recap this huge series, it's just going to be Viggs and I next week, so we've got plenty to talk about after this huge series. For those of you currently watching live, make sure you stay tuned for some overtime. For the rest of you, we'll catch you next week on the GPL Podcast.